Hi, it's Greg and Lucky. And this is our podcast. If you don't catch us from 5 to 9, this is what you missed. New survey out on jobs says, we feel, most of us do, we feel like we're underpaid. <laughs> and even if we're happy in the role and feel like their work has a positive impact, we still feel like we're underpaid. Right. About 60% of us say that. Most say they only are only sixty percent. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people out there making a lot of money. Oh yeah, but I, but even those who make good coin tend to think, well, I, I put in a lot of work. I have a lot of responsibility. Sure. I'm underpaid for what I do. You know, uh, I was trying to think of a number that's a realistic number <clears throat> to live a, a a one salaried home and to live a, a middle class life. And I think it's got to be at least in the hundred and fifty thousand dollar range. Okay, I was going to say about one twenty. Yeah, somewhere in there to to not be stressed all the time about bills. And, right. You know, I I look at like a household income. A household income. Yeah. Although I don't think that's anywhere nearly average. Yeah. But you know, so you look at that, and if you have a husband and wife working, both making say sixty or seventy grand a year, you know, yeah. you can live a fairly comfortable life. Right. Um, but I just look at, you know, the way mortgage rates have gone up and I'm on a, uh, a variable rate. And, uh, so I've been stung by this every time. And I used to have X amount of dollars to put away every month. Mm. That's completely gone. That has been eaten up oh, yeah. by these interest uh, rates. Uh, and so for anybody, and you know, I don't, I don't make a horrible living. I'm, I'm amongst the people who wish I made more. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I think what we do is very important. <laughs> We're saving lives yes. here, for crying out loud. Anyhow, uh, but yeah, so for anybody that is, is struggling, I mean, these rates are just... I, I, I am literally so... And again, first world issues. We have a rental property. We vote it, but it goes... It, it uh, Its term is up in February of next year. Mm. And I am completely panicked because I think, well... If I now have to go up to the same rates, I don't know where that money's coming from. Right. You know. And, and you can't a, just throw it on the renter. Yeah. No, no, you can't. Well, if it was a newer property, I could. Right. Uh, after the end of their at least uh, uh, year lease. Okay. It's up in May. And anything that's, and I, I don't, I'm not sure about the specific year, but from what I understand, anything from like, say, 2010 to now. Right. A landlord can go, <clears throat> I want four grand a month now. Really? Yeah. There's no uh, cap. On anything older, there is a cap. Wow. Right now it's 2.5%. Yeah. That seems extreme that there's yeah. no cap. Though. Well, that, I only learned that through my oldest and his girlfriend because right. they've rented this place in Pickering and they believe they'll get one year out of it and they'll have to leave because they believe now that the building is completely done. The landlord will say, well, now I want uh, X amount of dollars. Right. Anyhow, uh, occupations that people feel are overpaid include politicians, pro athletes, CEOs, lawyers, investment bankers, real estate agents, and doctors. Well, you know, it's interesting in this country. Certainly I have heard about doctors that many are looking at the career and thinking, is it worth it? Because they don't have enough time for patients. Supposedly all the paperwork that's involved day to day, they mm. spend more time filling out forms than they do seeing patients. 
they got patients lined up down the street begging for a family doctor. Right. And uh, and I guess is there a cap on how many patients you can take that a family doctor can take? Or can I don't think so. It's just you know time. Do you have time to get to them all? Right. Right. But as, listen, I've 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 heard a lot of conversations that doctors have had, especially the old school ones, about right. the younger ones, and that that the work ethic just isn't there for right. what it used to be. Right. You know, used to be you hung up the shingle to try and help people. Right. And now it's, ah, well, I've got the Porsche. <laughs> Do yeah. I really want to work the extra hours? And there could be could be some of that. Some of that also probably is that when we were young mentality. Right, yes. And there, I'm sure there's a burnout or a fatigue to it as well, especially when you look at surgeries. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you go for a knee replacement, you realize they're ringing through like a drive-thru now. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and if that's all you're doing all day every day, uh, it would probably wear on you. Good money or not? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, it's like with heart surgery. You know, there was a time not that long ago when it was a whole big thing and cracking open your ribs and months and months of healing. Right now they're going up through the groin. They're shooting stuff up there. And there's, I think, is it up in Newmarket? There's a hospital basically just focused on heart stuff, and they're just running people through with, right. you know. Hundreds a day getting stuff blowing out. I remember my dad, and there was a conversation about how much anesthesiologists were making mm. because, you know, it's a, a really defined position. Yeah. And, and then one was saying, well, I mean, they just sit there through the surgery. Right? <laughs> there's, there's really not much going on. Right. Turn up the and dial, turn down the dial. The doctor's doing all the work and, and, and controlling all these devices, and the anesthesiologist's playing poker in the corner. <laughs> I wonder... And this which my dad just said, he's like, he's like, the art isn't knocking you out. Mm. It's bringing you back. Yeah, I guess so. I wonder if they've ever had a situation where somebody's, some doctor's elbow deep into your guts and the guy wakes up. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Remember Maria telling me she was having some scope down her uh, throat to check out uh, something in her stomach. And she, uh, as it was uh, wrapping up and they were pulling the scope out, she could feel it mm. coming out. And so she felt like she was coming out of the anesthetic. Okay. And she said, it flipping hurt. Right. So, yeah. I mean, even, the, I mean, some of the things they do are just so impressive. There was a documentary I saw, like brain surgery. So sometimes you don't even, they don't even want you out cold from no. this. They no, gotta, they have they, to. They got to get you to respond to things. They're in there with a stick poking yeah. at your brain, at your jelly up there. Uh -huh. They're going, count to five. Yeah. <laughs> Name Muppet characters. <laughs> yeah. Kermit. 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 And stick it in more. <laughs> Turn the dial a bit. I would have been a great dog. Yeah, it's a little more involved, but yes. Yes, if you can't remember more than Kermit, i got to push that stick in more. Uh, occupations people feel are underpaid include factory workers, farmers, nurses, of course, 100%. Although, aren't they getting, uh, they're getting a big raise here in Ontario, like 11% or something, I believe. But uh, there's now an outcry because nurses who don't work in hospitals but work in, like, long-term care right. facilities and at-home nurses, they're right. not getting the same bump. So that seems to be a problem. I would think if you're under the nurse umbrella, you should get the raise. And if you don't think nurses deserve a raise, go spend some time in emergency. Right. And see what they do every day, day in and day out. Uh, restaurant workers, retail employees, daycare workers, and teachers. 
Well, that's not true in this country. <laughs> I think teachers make a, a pretty good living. They do okay. I mean, they want to let you know they don't. And they're struggling. Right about now. They have it really tough. Ooh, what am I to do? Lie on my front or back as I tan myself for the afternoon? We've all heard the term of uh, ghosting. That's when you disappear and stop responding to calls or texts. Yeah. It's what I'm going to do when this show inevitably ends with you. <laughs> I will so ghost you. <laughs> Why? Because I forgot your birthday today? All right. Yeah, where is my gift? <laughs> you promised me dancing girls. Right. Well, uh, it's still early. Yeah. It, well, you're not. It, it, by the way, happy birthday. Yes, Craig. thank you, Pally. Thank you. I should say that. I thought it was a couple days from now, but then that's Doug's. You guys confuse me. Yeah, no, we're, uh, well, you and I are one a month uh, apart. Exactly. Right. You're August 24th on July 24th and a decade apart. Yeah. Yes. I just turned 32, you just turned 22. <laughs> it's <laughs> I, creeping. I don't it? even remember 32. <laughs> There's a, a photo that we have. You know, have some little family photos on the uh, living room, uh, the uh, table, coffee table. And there's, a, uh, there's, there's about three of them. Where it's like the boys around Maria were either out for her birthday or it's a Mother's Day thing. And I'm kind of always half in the photo, but it's always me looking at the bill with a worried look. <laughs> that's, that's me in the photo. So then Maria stumbled upon this one where it might be the nicest photo that's ever been taken of me. Like it's it's a midsummer, so I got the good tan going. Right. The hair is just flowing, and I'm probably like in my early 30s, and David's on my back. Right. And I right now, and the, the eyes are. My eyes are blue and wide and full of life. Mm -hmm. And I look at that photo and I go, what happened to that man? Yeah. Where did he disappear? Yeah. Yeah, it's amazing how it flies. And I, we had a, a family barbecue, big get-together. We had family in town from, uh, from out of province. Uh, and so we all got together on Friday mm. uh, at a pool party at my cousin's place. And, like, time in some senses stands still. Mm. And, then, and then you get together, you realize it just flies by. Mm -hmm. Right, especially with the young kids, like the ones I hadn't seen in a little while. Yeah, you know, and some of my younger cousins who might be like you know fifteen, twenty years younger than I am. Now they've got kids mm -hmm. and running around like, what the hell happened here? Oh, I know. <laughs> I try very hard not to think about the future. <laughs> you can tell by my finances; I haven't spent a lot of time pondering the future. But it is, I am, I am at an I'm 57 years old now. So I start thinking to myself, like, I got to kind of consider retirement at some point. Like, I hope I can do this job for as long as they'll have me. Right. Um, but you go, oh, my gosh. Like, I could wrap it up in the next, not financially that I can. <laughs> but if I wanted to start collecting the, uh, the old age this and that, right, I think yeah. you can get that, what, 65? Yeah, 65, yeah. you can collect that? And it's got to be annoying, too, because you're you're reaching the age where those who became, like, firefighters or police officers mm. or, or teachers, there are those who, who entered careers that are into early retirement oh, now. Yeah. Oh, with full pensions. And, <laughs> yeah. I can't spell pension. <laughs> if retirement was a highway, I don't even know where my off-ramp is. And when I get to it, it'll be closed. <laughs> We, we joke here. Construction. I was telling Doug Ellie. That's right. I'm like the uh, the bridge there, the 401 Simcoe Road. I'm, You're more like the crumbling bridge than, than the highway underneath. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm falling apart. I was laughing with uh, Doug Ellie. We were talking, and uh, 
was telling the story of you and I off the air. We In this industry, we get a, a publication called Radio Broadcast or Radio Digest or something. It comes out like once a week. And right at the back of it, so it's it's just all photos and stories of people in our industry who are moving around from one job to the next. Yeah. Radio stations changing formats and this and that. But right at the end of it, there's a sign-off page. Obituary. An obituary where people who have worked in our industry have passed away. I'm at a stage now, I don't know any of the people at the front who are moving around, but I know six of the 12 dead people. I'm like, he was my boss. I knew him. So I, I really am that guy who just goes to the obituaries yeah, now. you reach that stage. <laughs> and it's a fun game because you can go, I beat him. Right. I'm still upright. <laughs> I knew he was a goner. I saw his lifestyle. <laughs> yeah. So. You know who died yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, so, yes, back to ghosting. And, okay. Yeah. And, uh, it, so it's a thing. You uh, you disappear. Stop calling somebody. Usually it's in a dating situation. Right. Um, and then there's also gaslighting. Now, gaslighting is when people will kind of make you think you're wrong about your reality. Mm-hmm. You know? Uh, you'll say, why didn't you call me? I called you. What do you, you know I called you. Right. right? That's gaslighting. Trying right. to make you doubt yourself. Infuriating. Yeah. Yes. Well, now there's ghost lighting. Okay. And this is basically what I just said, where I ghost you or I ghost somebody that I've been dating, and then they finally reach out to me, and I do that whole thing of, no, of course I'm not ghosting you. I, oh. We're, we're, we're good. I, I I sent you a text the other day. I, <laughs> Are you not getting those messages? Is that what that is? Yeah, that, that kind of thing. Check your junk mail. That's right. It must be something in the filters. It's ghostlighting. Okay. I will never do that to you. I will say yes. I am indeed ghosting you. I just read this and I thought, what a terrific idea. If you know, I have uh, complained ever since living on a corner lot with a sidewalk that many dog owners use that boulevard in front of my house and down the side as their own poop pad. Yes, right. And they will not pick up the poop. I, I have a similar issue somewhat with the fact that I've got a, a walkway, like an access way beside my place. And although I don't I find I don't find it a big issue with not picking up the poop. The bigger issue is that they pick up the poop and then leave the poop bag yeah. in that walkway, which I find even worse of a crime. Because you've already done the dirty deed, which yeah. is picking up the poop. Yeah. Not just carry it home or to a garbage can. Well, and I've got a problem a little bit, too, because at the end of our lawn, we have one of those lamps. And I, I think of what we're going to do is put a garden around it. That might ha- help to stop the dogs peeing on the pole. Right. Because you look out my front window between the stop sign, that lamp, there's a hydro box, that brown box, right. and then there's street light. They're just all coated in pee. It's yeah. a nice view from my front window. <laughs> so I, at, uh, at one point, came up with this mixture of, like, I, I want to think it's like cayenne, pepper, and vinegar. And supposedly I read online, dogs don't like the scent of that. And so I was kind of spreading that around the lamp. But it just washes away every time it rains. And then I, I was at the store, and I saw this spray that again they don't like the smell of so and it supposedly lasts even with rain up to a month so i've been spraying down around the bottom of the poles uh and it seems to have helped a little bit oh really yeah a little bit but it still doesn't stop them from going on the lawn and pooping because i will sometimes squirt it into the grass just to see if it'll stop them from going on the the lawn but right it doesn't seem to have that effect anyhow people are ignorant and 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 it's just it's like why you 
I don't know. It's just rude and ignorant, and, and it just drives me insane. I mean, I don't like picking up the poop of my own pet. <laughs> I, I get the dry heaves doing that. So the, the, I, I won't even attempt to bend over and pick up the poop of a strange dog. Right. So in France and in other European countries, it seems, in uh, Spain, UK, France, they are now having people get when they're when they're uh, when they get a puppy the um they are required by law to have their genetics registered and logged in a database that can be uh accessed by the authorities for several reasons including tracking poo that's left out in public what i will bring this to toronto if i'm a new mayor <laughs> So what happens is you uh, find a, a poop on your lawn. Yeah. You get, I guess, there's some sort of little stick or something. You get a sample. Right. And you take it to wherever, and they match it up, and they find the dog's owner, and the fines start at $135. Holy cow. Yeah. I mean, other than the fact that you've got to, you know, transport a stool sample yeah. of some strange dog. Yeah. Hmm. I'm in. I mean, it would be better if you could just call bylaw and then they come and deal deal with the sample. Yeah. And and then they can raise the fine even more because you've gotten the city involved. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm totally aboard. I mean, if you can't bend over to pick up your dog's poop. Right. Then buy the uh, scooper that they have for it. Yeah. They've got a they've got a device to scoop it, which that's got to be gross. Oh, that gets dirty fast. Got to get really now, really ripe. I don't have uh, I don't have the cameras and such at my place, but you know many homes do now. Mm -hmm. And you would think it would be very easy to spot. You know, you find a poop and then you go back and you rewind or however you can go back and and look at it last forty eight hours or so. But I don't even know that I would have the courage if I saw who it was and knew where they lived. I don't know that I have the courage to go knock on their door and confront them about it. Right. But if I could get them fined without having to deal with them directly, I'm yeah. in. Right. I think you just more than anything have to be out, right? Like if you're out on your lawn yeah. and some guy is going to have his dog do that and not do anything about it, then that's a, a real J-hole move. Yeah. I mean, I, I have stood at my front window yeah. um, and just kind of stared people down a little bit. If they they stopped on the uh, the boulevard and their dog is having a pee. Right. And they're kind of looking around while the dog is peeing, and then they'll look up at the house, and they'll see me, and I'll just look at them. And I'll think, okay, <laughs> if that dog poops and you walk away. You need, like, a movie cutout. <laughs> have that in there all the but time. Like a scarecrow. <laughs> Make my day. <laughs> yeah, I pulled a real old man move a couple of days ago. I was uh, weaving through a subdivision, and... Uh, and there's one part of the road, it's a really tight kind of turn, and you cannot see what's kind of coming the other way for a second. And as you're coming around, there's these four kids who are playing chicken, basically. Like they're on the curb, mm. and they keep meaning to dash out as cars are... Yeah, they're trying to run over. There's a variety store across the street, and they got other friends there, but it's a bit of a busy road. Okay. So they're, they're, they're trying to put, they're playing Frogger oh, they, a bit. It wasn't just a game. They were, no, they were literally it, it, legitimately it, trying to cross the road. Yeah, 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 yeah. But they were really scaring people coming both ways because we were all hitting the brakes. Right. Because we thought they were going to jump in front of our car. So I rolled down the window, and I pulled the old man, hey, dudes. Settle down. <laughs> Settle down and go to the light and cross at the light. Right. 
They didn't listen to me. <laughs> they flipped me the bird, and then they beat me up. Now, this happened on Friday. Just as we were leaving, Lucky found out that Tony Bennett had passed away. Now right. Six years old, so we really didn't have a lot of time. And over the weekend, I heard a lot of people discussing his importance, and I didn't realize that Frank Sinatra at one time called him the greatest singer that ever lived. Wow. Pretty good coming from Frank. Um, he was 96 years old. But Frank was drunk at the time. <laughs> he wasn't really sure. <laughs> he was. And he was, he was busy with the Danes. Right. <laughs> you know, and it's funny you say that drunk. And uh, I read a, a little fact about uh, Tony Bennett that I didn't know. In the uh, late 70s, he had quite the cocaine problem, so much so that he OD'd. And then gave him really, yeah, and then gave it up. He went to rehab, I guess, and gave up the uh, the drug habit shortly after. And you just don't see those guys, you know, huff and blow off the back of a hooker's arse. Right. <laughs> you see them swigging scotch, smoking cigarettes, yeah, yeah but talking about them skirts. The stuff was around. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, it was there. But man, oh man, he could sing. And uh, even into his nineties, there was a. Uh, show he did where he just brought down the house he's just hitting these massive high notes at 90 years of age so and and he came around so many young people know him from uh, the duets mostly with uh, amy winehouse and lady gaga right and and she said that he he really restored her faith in music that she had had enough and was going to give it up at one point and he brought her back around so. there was a great cnn uh anderson cooper had done with uh with tony bennett mm. and he was more more profiling the dementia and, okay. and the uh, the Alzheimer's, and um, and Lady Gaga was a part of it as well. But what was amazing was that you know it got to a point where Tony, you know, you couldn't he couldn't find the stage door. Oh wow! Um, but the second the piano started, it was all there. Not amazing. Yeah, and and, and wow. you know I've had family who's gone through Alzheimer's, and it, and it really is. Uh, it's shocking. It's it's so unfortunate. Mm. Um, but it's amazing that they remember things from years ago, but couldn't remember what they did had for breakfast. Right? That's true. I recently went to a birthday party for a good friend's mom, and I've known her since I was a little guy. And uh, we were having conversations about stuff that happened in the seventies that I don't even remember. Right. But yeah, she didn't remember where she put her coffee cup. Yeah. Two minutes ago, you know. But then I don't know where I put my wine glass most right. days too. So yeah, you know, Tony Bennett was it was something else. Anthony Benedito, I think, was his. Oh really? Was actually, yeah, I think it was Bob Hope. He said, but he just imagine that conversation. Mm. He's like, hey, listen, kid, if you don't you don't want to be playing weddings for the rest of your life, change your name. <laughs> yeah. Tony Bennett. Yeah, that sounds much better. Sounds much more Anglo. Right. Um, on Sunday we had the uh, premiere of Classic Rock Sundays with Jeff Woods, and it was our soundtrack. We were out golfing, and it was on in the cart. And man, oh man, I'll tell you what. I, you know, everything has growing pains. Mm. Um, we're still going through them on this show. Right, yeah. Um, we'll get around to it at some point. But uh, I, I got I to admit, I think Jeff's the weak link <laughs> <laughs> in Classic Rock Sundays with Jeff Woods. Guy knows nothing. Nothing. <laughs> in all the years of the business, you yeah. thought, thought I would have met, met somebody, <laughs> had something to say. Yeah, yeah couldn't, couldn't get a band name straight. <laughs> Didn't they got artists confused? You were listening to your show on Saturday. <laughs> That's right. No, he was, he was fantastic. Uh, and just some great highlights. And you know what? It really, I'm glad that Doug Elliott and, and, uh, and, and Jeff got together and figured this out. Because what it's done in the Toronto radio landscape is it's brought a piece of the puzzle back that's been missing for so very long. Right. Um, and uh, and it's great to hear. It's You know, it's it's just, it's there's a real... 
Well, there's a, a warmth to his voice and a coziness to what he's doing. It's a it's a nice little way to just hang out on a Sunday. I remember, um, you know, when I was first getting into radio and, and going to, to Humber College and the radio program there, I never grew up listening to, to a lot of rock radio. Mm. Um, you know, it wasn't what my parents had on. It was more pop stuff that they were listening to. And so when Jeff Woods was coming in to speak right. at one point, I didn't know who he was. Oh, <laughs> but there was a, a good friend of mine who was in the class who, you know, Jeff Woods was the be-all and end-all of everything radio to him. And he right. explained to me what was going on, what this was all about. Yeah. I just thought it was a deep voice convention that day, but it was, it, it was something else. And now to have met him, read his book, mm -hmm. uh, and he gave us a copy and signed it very, very dearly. It was, it, it, it's amazing the, mm -hmm. the wealth of knowledge that he has. Yeah. He's uh, he's just a terrific guy all around. So it is classic rock Sundays with Jeff Woods, noon to six right here at 94.9 The Rock. Give it time. He'll get better. <laughs> That time of the week, the godfather of the grill for Helena's Meats, Ted Reeder, joins us. Good morning, Mr. Reeder. Good morning, Craig. Good morning, Lucky. Morning, Ted. How are you? I'm doing just just delicious. You're up and ready to conquer another day. Conquer it and do it and have, a, have fun doing it and making it tasty. Beautiful, yeah. And just don't let it conquer you. <laughs> That's it. That's if it. so, I'm taking a nap. As we age, we weaken. <laughs> and sometimes we get conquered. But uh, you are still the godfather of the grill, the man who knows his way around a barbecue like no other. And I was thinking with this time of year, you know, it's really getting warm now. We're going to be getting into some sticky days this week. Sometimes some uh, little bit of fruit is very refreshing, a juicy uh, nectarine or a plum or a peach. And I know that you have in the past, we've, we've talked about uh, doing like Twinkies on a plank board and that type of thing. But uh, how can we combine fruits and the barbecue? Say you're having people over for dinner and you want to give them a sweet little treat after. What can we do with a variety of veggies? Or, sorry, fruits. Veggies. Nobody huh. wants Nobody veggies. Nobody wants veggies. No. We want the fruits. Yes. Yes, sir. You don't win friends with salad. <laughs> <laughs> you gain enemies. <laughs> gain enemies. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, fruit on the grill is always a, a tasty thing. My favorite fruit on the grill is is the almighty pineapple right and uh... you can you can roast that whole pineapple hot in the coals you don't have to peel it or anything just roast it in your coals or even on your grill until the outside is really charred and black and then you cut away that outer rind and you've got this juicy juicy hot sweet pineapple on the inside you slice it up you throw it on your grill and give it a quick <clears throat> sorry about that uh, give it a quick grill, some nice char on it, and you've got something really easy. You can serve grilled pineapple with some pound cake that mm. you can take, and you can either make your own pound cake or you can do a store-bought, bakery-bought pound cake, slice it, and grill the slices of pound cake, and a big dollop of whipped cream or vanilla ice cream goes delicious with that. Right. Don't forget to drizzle the pineapple with rum. Extremely important. <laughs> uh, <laughs> very important. Right? And, and <clears throat> that's it. That's it. Other fruits that are great on the grill. Apricots, plums, nectarines, and peaches. Make mm. sure they're, they're a little bit ripe. Uh, you don't want them to be too soft, and you definitely don't want them to be hard. Uh, cut them in half. Take out the stone. And then grill them cut side down, medium to medium high heat, till they get just nice and lightly charred. Flip them over, 
and let them cook until they're super soft and tender. You can sprinkle a little bit of sugar on them or some honey or some maple syrup and again serve them with a little bit of uh, whipped cream or ice cream if you so desire. Um, the other thing is, is fruits on the grill aren't just for dessert. They're great savory. So if you're having, um, for example, a grilled bison steak with grilled apricots with some fresh thyme and drizzled with honey and maybe baste that steak with a little bit of butter and cook it to rare, you've got an awesome uh, main course. So you can always put some fruit on the side. Ted, we talked last week about prepping your grill. Is there anything different you need to do to prep it for, for fruit so that that doesn't stick and you just want to get nice grill marks, right? Well, you, you want the grill marks are nice. You really want to warm that fruit up so that it, it gets all extracts and, and heats up the, the sugars that are in the fruit, makes it sweeter and intensifies the flavor and gives you a really delicious piece of fruit. Um, bananas on the grill, but you don't have to do anything lucky. You just just make sure that if you're if you've been cooking fish, right. you're not. You, you know, you clean your grill down, right? So those flavors don't transfer into the into the fruit. You know, nothing. Nobody wants a a grilled piece of pineapple and some pound cake that tastes like shrimp. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, that'll throw you. So clean it up. Yeah. Um, bananas, one of my favorite things to do on the grill. So you don't have to do anything. You don't have to peel them. Just put the bananas on the grill and roast them. And when the skin gets all nice and brown and, and not black but brown and the banana's getting soft, you then take, the you know, my favorite injection syringe mm-hmm. and you inject either rum or some Kahlua or something like that into the banana. And then you spread that on toast. Wow. And then serve it with a little bit of that Hollandaise grilled bacon. You know, their European-style bacon. Mm, Cut about uh, half-inch thick, grill it off on the grill, and then bacon and bananas on toast. Drizzle it with some uh, condensed milk, and I'm telling you, you got a fantastic dessert. Just don't throw the peel. Fantastic breakfast. Just don't throw the peel in the work garbage can. Yes. (laughs) And the sock has had quite an issue with (laughs) that. And the sock is not happy. (laughs) Um... Now, I notice uh, when I've seen you cooking, uh, I know that uh, you a lot of time will take um, lime or lemons and throw them on the grill just to give the squish of the warm juice over the uh, the steak or chicken. So there's a variety of things you can do. Also, uh, with avocados, say you slice open an avocado and it's not quite soft enough, it's it's not ripe enough. If you throw it over the heat, will the heat soften up the avocado or it's just got to do that naturally? Um, you really want it to be uh, on its way to being ripe yeah. and, and tender. Uh, if the avocado is hard, it's just going to be charred and hard. Okay. Um, you really you want an avocado that's going to be a little bit tender and, and ripe, and then you cut it in half, take out the stone, and brush with a little bit of olive oil lightly, and then onto your grill cut side down. Mm-hmm. And then after it's just lightly charred, maybe two, three minutes on there, Flip it over, close your lid, let it roast away, and then eventually that skin is just going to peel right off nice and easy. And uh, drizzle it with a little bit of uh, lemon or lime juice, pinch of salt and pepper, and you've got beautiful grilled avocado that you can also put on toast. Really? Oh, yes, of course, there's avocado toast. It's all the rage. 
And I guess it's the only rage. Uh, it's a big rage. And I guess the only well in Lululemonville, it's a huge rage. <laughs> oh, they love it up in Lululemon. That's oh, they eat. got that at the local gas station yep. right there at the cash counter. Nobody wants <laughs> chocolate bars. They want the uh, avocado on toast candy bars to go. It's always that way in Lululemon, Ontario. That's how they roll. Always sunny in seventy-five, and that's where we'll find the joint. In Lululemon, Ontario, uh, you got uh, some tasty treats as always going on. Do you got a creation happening right now up at the joint? Uh, well, the, the, for this week's, uh, I can tell you, I don't know what my sandwich creation mm. for the upcoming week is, but our pizza creation is uh, is a chili cheese nacho pizza. So we take a, a salsa-based sauce and put that on the dough. We top it with uh, mozzarella, smoked mozzarella, pepper jack, and some cheddar. And you start to bake that. And when the pizza is about three-quarters of the way done, uh, in a bowl we mix up uh, tortilla chips, uh, some chili, some cheese, some onions, some diced tomatoes, uh, fresh herbs like cilantro. Toss it all together, and then you pour that on top of the pizza, what? and then back into the pizza oven. So you eat your nachos, and when you're done eating the nachos, you have pizza on the bottom. Wow, Ted, you 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 made something stir in my loins. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Teddy, if uh, somebody needs their loins stirred, how do they get a hold of you, my friend? Ah, uh, you're gonna find me at Ted Grills. Rock Mornings with Craig Venn and Lucky. 94.9 The Rock.